Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. All right. Well, today I want to talk to you about transformational discipleship on all of that, because that's that's what we're doing. Transformational discipleship. I've only got one verse. We're going to put it up on the, on the screen behind me. It's Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. This is probably one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Have a look what it says. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. I, the, how much power is in that opening Obviously, he's writing a letter to the, the church, the meeting in, in Rome. But he says, Paul, not Saul. He's, he, he was, he was yeah. named Saul. Yeah. He grew up Saul. He was known as Saul. His whole life he's been Saul, Shaul. But now he's no longer Shaul. Now he's Paul. Did mama change his name? No, he, he's, he's intentional about changing his name. He's, he's, I'm not who I used to be. I'm born again. I'm born, I know, my, I know my previous life up until meeting Christ, I was Saul. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why do you kick against the, who are you, my Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And then he has an encounter and to, to, to create a demarcation in the sand. He, he says, I am no longer who I used to be. You can't judge me by my past. Probably my biggest battle, uh, because I have a little bit of a loud personality. Um, my, my biggest battle has been that, that how people treat you, uh, how people meet you is how they treat you. And so even to this day, they're, 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 you know, we'll, we'll be with people and they're, they're people of faith. They're, they're ministers. But it's almost like they have, they can't believe that, that the power of God could change you. So I meet with them and they still think I'm the, you know, the, the, the crazy scallywag youth pastor. And they, and, it, and, and they can't understand that wisdom can rest here and a maturity. Like when I was a youth pastor, some of the things that help you be a great senior pastor don't help you be a great youth pastor. And likewise... When you're a great youth pastor, those things will definitely not help you build any credibility to be a great senior pastor. You, as a senior pastor, if you, put, if you put kids in a shopping cart you stole from and then go down the steepest hill and then forget, oh, shoot, how are they going to stop? But thank God for a parked vehicle. And uh, <laughs> stupid things, stupid things, stupid things. Riding a BMX bike off a cliff into a... Into a, a stupid things and um, they get you great credibility as a youth pastor but you lose credibility as a senior pastor and so we, we found that, that a, a lot of times one of the biggest battles externally is that how people meet you is how they treat you Paul is intentional here because he was a persecutor of the church he was I mean he was dragging people out of their homes having them arrested having them stoned having them killed and so the, the, the gospel teaches us 
that each one of us have been predestined. I was talking to some girls at San Marcos on Sunday and they, they uh, were from out of town and they were just saying how their Bible study teacher is trying to teach them about predestination and the Calvinist the Calvinist perversion of predestination is that God predestines one person to go to heaven and another one to go to hell and you can't do anything. God chose you because of TULIP, T-U-L-I-P, T, the total depravity of man, that you are so totally depraved that how dare you think that you can move God. You are just a sinner and God by his divine, before you were even born, he chose you to be saved and you can't do anything to undo that. And then he chose this one to go to hell and they can't do anything to undo that. And so the the great illustration that I have is I've got four kids, the house is on fire and I've predetermined that if the house is on fire, uh, you know, Tommy and Zoe are going to be saved, but Ash and, like, I would be the worst parent in the world. I would be the most evil parent in the world. There's no parent that would, that would want any of their children to perish in the fire. And the scripture even says that God is not willing that any should perish. So, but, but let me just say this, you are predestined, the Bible says, that we are predestined to be conformed to the image and the likeness of His Son. So the Holy Spirit is Spiritu Santo, the, the Spirit that sanctifies, the Spirit that makes holy, is working with you. Now, he, he needs your cooperation, but He is working you 24-7, 365 to, to make you a you flavor of Jesus. Lance Williams is, 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 people when they meet Lance will see Jesus through Lance, but, but it'll be a beautiful South African, powerhouse, gentle but powerful version. You'll get a beautiful, bubbly, project genius, pastoral care, boss, lioness, flavor of Jesus. But when you talk to Alicia, you will say, oh my gosh, I see Jesus. I see Jesus in her joy. I see Jesus in her heart. I see Jesus in her values. Each and every single one of us are predestined or predetermined by God to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so some of our biggest battles will be external. But I've even found, um, like Pastor Penny Jean says, my enemy is often my inner me that my own battles, my own struggles, I'm aware of my own faults, my own weaknesses. Even Elijah in a moment of depression says, I'm no better than my father's. Lord, it is enough. Now take my life. Where he saw the same generational struggles in his grandfather and his father operating in him. He says, oh, come on, man. I, I just brought fire down on a mountaintop and yet I still think stupid thoughts. I, I, I just brought an end to a drought, rain, executed 450 prophets of Baal and I still struggle with this and I still struggle. Man, God, you must be so disappointed. I'm no better than my, I still see resonant. Paul has to continually for the rest of his life make the distinction, Paul, not Saul. Paul, not Saul. Hey, Saul, not Saul, Paul. He's got to continually deal with that. It's an external battle. It's an internal battle. But I got to tell you, you are not who you used to be. You are not your past. Can I also tell you this? That one of the things that we believe in this church, and I want you to understand this, is that uh, 
science or medical science will try to tell you, well, you know, you just got to live with, um, you know, heart disease runs in your family. Well, uh, you know, breast cancer, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's probably a genetic disposition that you have towards breast cancer, towards diabetes, towards heart disease, towards anxiety, towards depression. Oh, your grandfather was an alcoholic and your father, well, yeah, well, you've got a genetic disposition towards, you know, uh, addiction, chemical addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever that is. But my Bible tells me that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Some things have passed, excuse me, uh, many things have, no, it says all things have passed away. Behold, all things have passed away. Everything has become brand new. So, but if the, 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 the devil works on Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. If you don't know that you are completely transformed, that you are born again, that you are a brand new creation, that old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. And that you can actually say, you know what? You can take this generational curse. You can take this predisposition. You can take this genetic disorder. You can take whatever you like, devil, and you can stick it where the sun doesn't shine because I ain't living with it anymore. I am a servant of the Most High God. I am born again, spirit-filled, and I am now being transformed in the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ and, and choose not to live with that stuff. Let me, let me just, just say this, that, that um, one, of the, one of the most powerful gifts from God for you is conflict relationally. Relational conflict is, is a powerful, let me just say, it's probably not a gift, it's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. We, we have people, God bless them, they come into Awaken. Some of them come from very, very broken worlds, broken relationships from divorce and everything. And then they, they, they meet someone else who maybe had a similar thing and they, they get together. And I'm always so excited because they're going to go to new, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, premarital and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping that at our premarital, and I'm, and I'm sure because it's under such great leadership with Lance and Alicia and the team, but I'm hoping that uh, there's, there's a, a revelation and a teaching that you bring your history to the table. And that when Leanne married me, she didn't just marry, you know, uh, a German surfy kid. She married all the dysfunctions of my generations. She, she, she married my father's dysfunctions and she married my mother's dysfunctions that were outworking in me because I had no, no other well to draw from. So this is what I brought to the table. And then Leanne brought, you know, from her, very, very minor, but from, from her family, she brought to the table. And so we, we had conflict. We had conflict. The conflict is, 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 is I believe, a tool and a gift from God because it will force you to look at. So, so when, when a woman has come from a divorce background, divorce is never pretty. Divorce is never pleasant. It is never easy. There's so much pain. There's betrayal. There's hope that was dashed on the rocks. There were dreams of, oh my gosh, we're getting married and all of that. And then all of that is shattered. And so quite often in, in self-preservation, a person will come into the marriage saying, I want to, I want to be married because I want to, I don't want to grow old alone. I want to be in relationship. I want to be in, however, I can't go through that pain again. Yeah. 
Penny Maxwell preached a great message on resetting bones. And when she asked Daryl Strawberry, why is it that you come from this cocaine? Your father used to beat you with a stick and cocaine addiction, prostitutes, and now you're on fire for God living. And I came from this dysfunction. I'm, he says, she said, what, what, what do you think it is? Why, why, why are we making it and so many people don't? And, he, and she said, his answer surprised her very quickly. He said, oh, it's because of pain. Yeah. And she says, what? He says, because people don't want to deal with the pain of their past. And then she told the story of a person who broke their nose. And uh, I broke my nose a few years ago. And I just thought, oh, well, I had all these years as a, you know, someone with a straight nose. Now I'm just going to live with a crooked nose. But thank God, thank God, God loved me so much. He sent a great gift into my life called Dr. Matt Hubbard. And Dr. Matt Hubbard's like, dude, I could fix it. I'm like, how can you fix it? You're a chiropractor. Which was the biggest insult, you know, biggest insult. So, and then it was honestly, it was a left hook and it's straight. I'm like, wow. No, that's not what happened. But um, he's like, don't reduce me just neck and back. Lay down on the table. I'm going to fix your broken nose. I'm like, really? And then he comes out. He's got this knitting needle with a bladder on it. Who's had that experience? And he sticks the knitting needle right up into here like he's doing a COVID test. And then he goes, and the bladder goes, and all I hear is, and all this fluid comes running out. And he goes, oh, too much. Hang on, we're going to put it up the other side. But and I'm like, oh, my God, it's incredible. But was it painful? Flip, it was painful. So they say that the only way you can, you can actually heal is you've got to be willing to deal with pain. And the problem with us human beings is we avoid pain and we're drawn to pleasure. We avoid pain and we're drawn to pleasure. So a lot of times in relationships and even in your Christianity, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because He has anointed me to preach the good news. And we stop there. But the next line, and it's the same sentence, it's the same verse, it's the same declaration. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, not just to preach the gospel, but to heal the broken hearted. And whether you realize it or not, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for out of it spring the issues of life. Above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. All of your life is lived out of the condition of your heart. Every other religion, every other religion requires conformity. If I become Muslim, then I have to wear, you know, a, a caftan and grow a bad beard and wear a, it's, it's like you, you can tell the religion, you can tell the religion by the external garb. But Christianity is, is not, a, is, is not a, it's not as powerless as the world religions. God calls them, they worship idols of stone, of wood, of, that have no power to deliver. They're dead things, they have no voice, they have no power. But the one true God, when you come to Him, He says, I'll take out your heart of stone and I'll put in a heart of flesh. I'll give you a new heart. And God, God, Christianity transforms from the inside out. That's, that's, that's why one of the things that, that Leanne and I have intentionally fought, probably from a... From a uh, from a back posture, not, not so much 
aggressive front, but from a back that we've always watched, that we never want to be that church where it's all the show and it's all the, amen, praise the Lord, Pat. It's because it's very easy just to have the Sunday show. It's very, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored, Pat. It's, and nothing, nothing makes us want to puke more than that. So, so we, we've, we've fought for an authenticity. And, and we've been unapologetic, whether it's, whether it's shopping at Nordstrom's or not, you know, enjoying nice things, having, having posting, posting photos. I remember posting a photo of Leanne and I a few years ago when we were at, uh, sitting at a beautiful restaurant in Vegas for our wedding anniversary. And I think Leanne might have had a martini glass and I had, you know, and I took a photo, oh my gosh, you know, 20-something years with this beautiful princess and then I get this oh my gosh I can't believe you you put your mar- you, you put you know martini glass and alcohol I'm like oh uh why and it was from another minister like well you know like what will people think I'm like why well, know you drink <laughs> oh I get it I get it you can't let people see the real you on a Sunday there's a, there's a fake Christianity Fake, fake, fake is always, always more concerned with the external facade. And it's agenda is deception. Paul is not in deception. When he's saying, Paul, no longer Saul, I'm Paul. Because I'm telling you, I'm not who I used to be. You, you may say, well, I knew you. I went to school with you. I went to college with you. I used to, we used to rub shoulders. We used to, we used to kill Christians to get, that's not who I am anymore. Spend some time with me. You'll see I'm no longer Saul. I'm now Paul. And my declaration is that I am becoming the person that God, I may not be there yet. I may not have arrived yet. I may still have a whole bunch of things that God needs to heal and deal in my life. But let me tell you right now, I am not Saul. I am Paul. I am Paul. Amen. Oh, shoot. Eight minutes and three more points. Number two. Number two. Well, in fact, in that, a good scripture to write down is Exodus 7 verse 1. Moses is arguing with God. Arguing with God. Uh, and God, God meets him in, in uh, Exodus 3. And in chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, for four chapters, Moses is arguing with God saying, Dude, you don't know... I can't go back to Egypt. I killed it. All right, I killed a guy. All right. I admit it. I killed a guy. I shouldn't. I lost my temper. I lost my cool, but you got the wrong guy. Like I, I'm, all, I'm all for you coming down and delivering and hearing their cry and all that kind of stuff. But I've been there, done that. It's too painful for me to go back. I'm not going back there. And so for four, four chapters, he's arguing with God. I'm the wrong guy. I stutter. I'm slow of speech. I'm just a freaking shepherd. Who am I to stand before? And he's giving God. And then finally gets to Exodus 7 verse 1. And, go, and the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. He doesn't say get your ass down there, but it's, it's like it's along those lines. Now get your, get your lazy ass back down there and... But see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Like stop seeing yourself through your mistakes. Stop seeing yourself through your past. Stop seeing yourself through. Either, 
Either we believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God to transform because I, I am a beneficiary. When we came to San Diego, they said, don't move in the power of God. Don't move in the Holy Spirit. When we were bringing Mike Connell out for the first time, I had pastors calling me that now invite him, but they were calling me saying, what are you doing? You idiot. You just crossed a thousand people and now you're going to ruin it. You're going to have a deliverance guy come. Do you, do you know what is going to happen? People are going to manifest in church and people are going to leave because it's, it's going to be like, it's going to be whatever you do, don't. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Man, what am I doing? Hang on. I got delivered. I, I couldn't be doing this life. I couldn't be carrying what I carry. I couldn't be walking how I'm walking if I didn't get delivered from a whole bunch of junk in the trunk. But yet I need to have a facade. I need to have a, a Sunday social rotary motivational TED Talk club on a Sunday and rob people of what? We believe that the power of God sets free. We believe the power of God delivers. We believe the power of God transforms. So God said to Moses, stop looking at your past. See, you know, let's put your eyes on what I have called you to be and what I have made you. You are not Shaul, you are not Saul, but you are Paul. Watch this, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Bond is, is the same word as bound. He says, I have bound myself to serve Jesus Christ. Hey, there's a great opportunity for you in the Bahamas, Mike. Mike, you, could, you and Kat, you can go to the Bahamas. You can, man, you can live a fat life of luxury. Man, all of that sounds wonderful, except I'm a bond servant. I've bound myself to serve. Yeah, yeah, come on. Hey, yeah, yeah. But you know, he's made you the head, not the tail above, only not beneath. Man, do you realize how much money? Do you realize how much? Yeah, that's all awesome. However, I've made a decision that the same God that rescued me, the same God that delivered me, the same God that healed me, the same God that has put His hand upon me, the same God that has set His seal upon my life, that same God I'm not going to get off. Hey God, thanks for all that stuff. Thank you. I'll, I'll take it from here. I'm going to live. No, no, no. I've made a decision that come hell or high water till my last dying breath, I am a bond servant of Jesus Christ. His Word will be the final word in my life. If I want to go left and or I want to go right, before I let my flesh decide, before I let opportunity decide, I'm actually going to inquire of the Lord. Before I move, before I move to Montana, before I move to Texas, y'all, before I move to another red state that's easier, before I make that decision, I'm actually, I'm a bond slave of Jesus Christ. I'm actually going to inquire of the Lord because He may not want me to have an easier life. He may want me to right here be a warrior, develop the warrior in me and stand and say, you know what? We're fighting for California. We're fighting for San Diego. God has called and enlisted me to stand and fight because I'm a bond servant. I'm bound to serve. Not my will, but His will be done. A bond servant of Jesus Christ. And then I love it, called to be an apostle. Called to be an apostle. A lot of people would already be calling him an apostle. And I, and I like Paul because it's bold, called to be an apostle, but it's at the same time, it's humble because he's saying, I'm called to be. In other words, I still see some area. I still see some room. How many people know that while we're alive, we never arrive? Come on, how many people know that while we are alive, we never arrive? So for him, for him to, to say, I'm called to be an apostle, 
if you read Paul's letters in, in his epistles and even you, you see it through the book of Acts, the Bible says that, that he came to the apostles and they welcomed him, they received him and that he sat with them and he learned from them. Can I just tell you, you can fast track or you can slow down your, your calling by the level of submission and the level of teachability. The devil wants to make you an independent island. He wants to make your, your head refuse correction, refuse instruction. But you will find, and, 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 and in this house, we've, we've tried to make that uh, one of the things that we champion above all else, that, that, we, that we champion discipleship, that we champion having difficult and awkward conversations. And it's not because we delight in it, but it's because we actually care. We care about the person and we care very, very deeply that God has given us a lamp. God has given us an incredible voice in our city. And it's because He's found a church that is willing to have tough conversations, that is willing not just to get people saved and say, man, how awesome are we? And we didn't get them saved. Jesus gets them saved. He says, now, but now that I've got them saved, would you please disciple them? <laughs> we don't do discipleship. We just want to say, no, no. He's like, I want you to disciple people. And discipleship requires those, the level of your becoming who God has called you to be is directly congruent to the level of instruction. David said this, he said, let the righteous strike me. It shall, it shall be a kindness. Let my head not refuse it. It shall be like the precious anointing oil. When did he get the precious anointing oil? When Samuel came in, looked at his seven brothers and said, no, God hasn't chosen any of these. Jesse, are these all the sons? There is one other born to a different mama to these ones and I've hidden him from the prophet out in the... Bring him in, we will not rest until he comes in. And as soon as David comes in, the Lord said, this is the one that I've chosen. And the Bible says he got his horn and of oil and he poured it on David. And the oil ran down David. And the Bible says, and from that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. David said that correction is like the precious anointing oil. It was the anointing oil that promoted him from a, a tender of a few sheep to a giant slayer, from a giant slayer to a king that every other king in Israel would be compared to. And David said, let me tell you what's like that oil that brings promotion, correction. He says, let my head not refuse it. We want to create a culture where it's easy. And, and some people have been abused by correction. I, I, know, I know insecure pastors, insecure pastors that would find a weakness and use that always to keep the person down. And it's, it is a delicate thing. How, 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 what will somebody think? What will my leader think of me if they know I struggle with this? If I battle with this, will they, will they think, will that disqualify me? In fact, I would honestly say to you that, that you, are not, you are not fully submitted until you present what disqualifies. Because the Bible says when Peter saw the miraculous catch of fish, when he was in the boat with Jesus and they saw, so that both boats began to sink. The Bible says he fell on his knees and he said, Lord, depart from me for I am a sinful man. In other words, 
my sins disqualify me from, from ministry, from what you're doing. And Jesus reaches out and says, do not be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch men. And he's like, oh, you probably didn't hear. No, I said, I said sinful, sinful, sinful of sin, not, not sinless. I didn't say sin. I said sin. And Jesus like, yeah, uh, actually all have sinned, but not all are transparent. All have sinned, but not all will bring their vulnerability before me. Last one, last one. Separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Separated to. If, if, if you said to me, hey, your life, it looks like a pretty awesome life. I'd say, man, the best thing that I've ever done in my life is separated myself to the gospel. It was because I separated myself to the gospel that God says, great, you're going to need a helpmate. When I made Eve, she was just kind of like the, the, the beta prototype. I got it right. I got it perfect. I'm going to send you a, a Leanne Rooney. You're going to go to San Diego, one of the be- most beautiful cities. You're going to be surrounded by the finest people. You're going to have the best friend. Separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Till my last dying breath, I will not do anything. People said, oh, man, you should. You can. Oh, you could make so much money. Hey, have you ever thought of you could be separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ? I get to do all of those things anyway. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. There is nothing greater than being separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the gospel? It's the good news. It's the God spell of Jesus Christ. You know, and I love, I love, I love when people go, hey, I just, I just found out you, you're, you're the pastor of that, that awakened church. I'm like, yeah, I knew there was something different about you. We were sitting at, um, we were sitting at, um, Pichero Mio and uh, Joe and one of the guys was sitting there at the uh, the Mexican Pontes or Ponces or whatever it's called. And uh, and the, the girl, she's like, oh, my gosh, he's my favorite. She comes running out, just a waitress, gives me a hug. And I haven't told her that, I, that I'm – and so they're talking, yeah, yeah, he's our pastor. And she goes, what? Wait, what? 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 What do you mean? And, and he goes, oh, you didn't know he, he's our pastor. Because I knew there was something uh, – Oh my gosh, now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. Which church? Which church? And he says, awake. And she goes, oh my gosh, my best friend just started going there. She's been like for three weeks telling me, you got to come. Oh my God, it's incredible. You got to come. You got to come. Separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, stand to your feet. Let me pray over you. I've only gone four minutes over, which is better than normal. (laughs) That's transformation. It really is. Oh my gosh. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Just let the Spirit of God rest on you. Matt and Loren, you are not who you used to be. You are not your past. You are not your mistakes. You are who God has called you to be. You are who God is making you. See, I have made you. You you are walking in the footsteps of Christ each and every day. The Holy Spirit is transforming you more and more to be like Jesus Christ. Paul, not Saul. Father, I thank you right now, Lord God, that we are called to be an apostle, called to be an apostle, separated to. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Father, we, we lean in to submission. We lean in to correction. We lean in 
to this thing. Father, deal with our hearts, Father God. Let us not become, let us always fight that spirit of religion that is all about the external, that's all about fake it till you make it, fooling the people to see. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.